Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 20, Cupid's Arrow. Mary, what happened this week? Brandon decides he's totally over everything with Kelly until he changes his mind. After one unhinged scene where Brandon, she loves me, she loves me nots all over Kelly's workplace, and a monologue broken out over probably 17 messages on Kelly's answering machine, Kelly finally decides she can't bang Curly Jeff on their Valentine's Day date because she loves Brandon and totally believes he'll never cheat again. Brandon also gets set up on a blind date with Janet's friend, but he's so busy calling Kelly a hundred times so Steve has to entertain her, and his own blind date who is drunk over her recent breakup, and some other lady who's just like, hi, I'm Jenny. Luckily, David, that guy from Jasper's Law, is there to distract them with autographs, so Steve is free to help another pretty lady escape her bad date. It's love at first, fake kiss, and walk across the room, and Steve feels so lucky when he blows through a stop sign the next day, and she's the cop who happens to pull him over about it. I'm so glad you used the word unhinged in your synopsis because I wrote that every time Brandon did anything. I was like, no. If he's standing there making a mess of daisy petals in my office, I'm like, why are you destroying my flowers? Pick those up. (laughs) But see, for me, it was like more unhinged just seeing all the different messages that he was leaving. Like. I didn't actually believe he was leaving those messages. Like, I was thinking, you know, the classic, like, you press uh, star to erase this message or, yeah, or to re-record or whatever. So I was like, surely he's not actually leaving these. No, he is. He's leaving all of them. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure how many messages it was until we got the scene where he's sitting on the stairs being like, he's not even a doctor. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my God, which is actually a great segue into how the episode starts because we start in the Wyatt Clinic where this woman is thanking Dr. Intern for seeing her and just like spouts out her daughter's name and is like, she's going to be home tonight. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow. And like Kelly oversees this and is like, oh, this must happen a lot. I'm so lucky. (laughs) Oh my God. And then... For some unknown reason, she invites him to David's housewarming party, which, like, I get you're dating. You want to, like, start integrating him with your friends. But, again, mm-hmm. we know Brandon is unhinged at this point. So when Jeff is like, isn't Brandon going to be there? Like, yeah. as him, I would have said, you know, I think it's not re- – I don't think it's time yet. Yeah, I would agree. And, like, yeah, like, it's it's, like – separation of church and state right now like it's Mm -hmm. almost got to be like let's wait until we see the group of friends which consists of like four people minus significant others especially the one that has been calling incessantly and has only just stopped badgering me every single day after I tell him to stop you know yeah so if I'm Jeff I would have pushed back a little bit more on that Yeah, I would have been like, why don't you go to the party and then maybe I'll pick Mm -hmm. you up from that and we can have like ice cream or something like that. Right. Or Or literally just just see you tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, because 
Kelly in this point, she's like, no, no, Brandon's been fine. I think he's starting to get over it. And then they immediately cut over to the Beverly beat where Brandon's like, I really want to call her. He's like staring at the phone, just staring. (laughs) Well, that's because they can't put out a competent newspaper. The only thing on the front page of this paper is a giant photo that mentions David Silver, not the rest of the band that has been in the band for longer than (laughs) one day. And also Valentine's do's and don'ts. But also, like, the article is called, like, The Rise of the Rise of David Silver. And I'm like, what? It's been a day. (laughs) I literally looked and at least one or two references for this episode are saying, like, they played last night. Like, when they play last night, they get signed and Val shows up with the cactus. This is the next morning. Right. Right, 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 right. Yes, because in the other storyline, we see David and Val wake up, and it was literally like, yeah, after Cactus. Yeah. AC, as we like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) And so they've, first of all, had enough time to write this article, get it to the printer, and get it distributed today. And this is the only thing, and I cannot get over the fact that David Silver works at this newspaper, and he's the front page story, and he's not the front of the band. Right. Like, this is such a conflict of interest from a workplace perspective but then also yeah like how how must jasper feel about all of this seriously i would just be like are you kidding me (laughs) oh man i guess like okay let's get to the david stuff a little bit later Mm -hmm. because what i was thinking outside of just the absolute ridiculousness that is the beverly beat Steve also points out that he doesn't have a date and Janet finally gets more than two lines because she's talking about, oh, I have a friend. I know somebody who like, you know, you can go out with. But then, of course, we have to have a stupid little like Stephen Brandon fight over her when Brandon is clearly hung up on Kelly. So he shouldn't be dating anybody. But we do get, I have to say, Brandon incorrectly saying scissors paper rock or something like that it's guys it is rock paper scissors <laughs> i don't care what anybody thinks that is the true and accurate way of saying that game it is rock paper scissors not paper scissors rock not whatever other combinations there are and do you i will think go, i will die on this hill <laughs> do you think that's like a canadian thing Ooh, i don't know i Guess, but if I'm Steve, I'm correcting him. (laughs) (laughs) See, and my question was going to be because I didn't pay attention. Did they just do rock, paper, scissors, or did they do rock, paper, scissors, go? They did not do a shoot. They did not do a go. They just put it out there. And I know my hand motion was just that. And, (laughs) (laughs) but like, no, I am always a rock, paper, scissors, go. Yeah, me too. Because otherwise, it's not like, you, you agree ahead of time. Timing, correct. Yeah. But, all that to say, so first of all, I did not remember that her name was Janet in this scene because she has had so little to say. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, I was like, I'm just going to skip it. I wrote, what's her name in my notes? It was like, I'll remember it later or I'll look it up. I'll come back and replace it. Did not replace it. But I think <laughs> this says something about how underutilized this character has been since she showed up. And. Yes. The fact that the first time she gets something to say is to put one of her friends up for Brandon and Steve. Like, 
No way in hell, especially working with them. I would be like, I'm never introducing you to anybody I know. Yeah. Well, and to your point, like, to the first point, she is such an integral part of this show for the last three seasons that I can't believe this is how she starts out. Like, and this is no offense to any of the other characters that eventually become, like, larger parts, but you can totally tell she was not intended to be a big part of the show right off the bat think about all the characters that have then become big storylines like colin think Mm -hmm. about noah think about claire um even carly like yeah she gets lines in a storyline right off the bat but janet is just like the assistant like she's the replacement for the person that you know eloped (laughs) and i'm still so curious if they had a plan for her character and then but they can't have because then if Janet showed up, they would have just shifted the story over. Right. Yeah, it just right. feels like they wanted to put her there and they were like, but we're not ready to deal with her because we have 75 note cards that we have to fit into the last 12 episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and then in front of her, again, they rock, paper, scissors for this woman and Brandon wins. And that's also weird that like he wins a date with this woman who yeah. has no idea. The amount of people who are willing to be set up the day before Valentine's Day is just blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, it would take a lot, a lot for me to want to do this. Although, I will say, like, as gross as what Steve says, I think what he intended is accurate to, like, what it's like dating as an adult or meeting people as an adult versus people in college because he's like when you're in college if you break up with somebody you throw a frat party now I actually have to talk to a woman and Brandon's like (laughs) the horror and it's like what he says is gross but what he means is true it's like in college in high school like you're constantly around so many different people it's so easy to meet new people when Mm -hmm. you're an adult you're in a vacuum you're in a bubble it's so difficult to just like strike up a conversation with a random person that you have no connection to well and especially when you work at a place that only has two other four other employees but three of them are your best friends slash you've already (laughs) slept with them like exactly exactly the idea that steve ever meets anybody i mean he did just meet his last girlfriend at a child soccer game so i feel like of anyone he should be the one to remember like there's hope out in this world Well, and he's, like, the most extroverted of them all and the most girl crazy. He manages to get, like, four dates out of this day. Right. Of course he does. Yeah. Um, I think we're good to skip down. That night is David's uh, housewarming party. Yeah. Which... I still can't get over. It makes me so happy that he just lives in Carly's house now. And he's like had time to quote unquote decorate it when it does not look materially different from what it used to look like. There's less child's drawings around, but whatever. (laughs) And it is so weird to me. Like as soon as they're finished giving speeches, Brandon and Steve give David a copy of the article and it's like, you know, cutesy, whatever stuff. But as soon as Brandon goes over to the bar, Kelly follows him. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why would you, like, you know how much he's been torturing you, and then the second he finally lets go, you just follow him and are like, oh, hey, how you doing at the bar? That's literally why. Like, it's it's the the classic, like, you 
smother somebody with attention, but then the attention stops and you're like, hey, man, where's that attention? It's, yeah. And, be, again, I think I made this point last time we, we did an episode. Kelly never actually stopped loving Brandon. And Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly never, like, she had the relationship stolen from her. Not mm-hmm. she never ended it, so it's like I don't hate on her for acting this way because I'm like, yeah, you never had a reason. I mean, you did have a reason to stop loving him, but like it doesn't work like that, right? Like, it's yeah. not you don't just like stop loving somebody. So, of course, if all of a sudden like he actually does what you tell him to and it seems like he's over you, that's hurtful in and of itself. Like, no, in no situation is Kelly getting what she truly wants, right? Because what she wanted was to never be cheated on in the first place. So it's almost completely natural for her to be like, yeah, where's that attention that I told you to stop giving me? And go seek it out, you know? No, that that is a good point. I'll allow it because, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just driving me nuts. I was like, Kelly, it's like you're baiting him to blow up at you yeah. again so that you can like start this argument over again and right. whatever. But then on top of all of that, then Jeff comes over and it's, you know, fine for a second. But he takes this as an opening to ask Kelly if she wants a hotel room tomorrow night. Ooh. Which like can you imagine? You know, you have this feeling where your ex-boyfriend who cheated on you, who you never stopped loving, is finally not paying attention to you, and then you want the attention, but you're already dating somebody new. Like, if I was Kelly, I would just have a stomachache all the time. I know. I mean, she does look unsure. Like, when he, like, Mm -hmm. mentions the hotel, she looks very unsure, but then agrees anyway because – not because of, I think, what she is feeling, but because of what she's picking up from Brandon. So -hmm. it's almost like she thinks – because Brandon has mentioned the light at the end of the tunnel and like he's finally seeing it she's like oh well I need to be that way too I need to also move on oh my gosh and then there's this like other short moment at uh at this party where Donna comes over to Steve because she says she knows a model that just broke up with her boyfriend and needs a date for tomorrow and just goes to mm-hmm. set him up. They have no conversation of what her name is, what she looks like, what she wants to do, if they can, like, swap numbers. Mm-hmm. I just, The amount of times that they're just like, oh, yeah, I set you up. It's like, okay, what – am I meeting them somewhere? What's the plan here? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's total, like, TV trope to just – have a a different conversation that we don't see about all the details otherwise mm. it's just like i set you up cool bye <laughs> which is literally it like donna walks into the kitchen talks to steve steve leaves and then the scene moves on without him yeah exactly exactly yeah and the only the last thing that happens that night at the party is it hits midnight, so everybody wishes each other a happy Valentine's <laughs> Day, which was just till I was losing my mind. I was like, Brandon, you don't say, oh, it's midnight, happy Valentine's Day, and then take that as an opportunity to kiss your ex. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's not New Year's and it's not a birthday. Yeah. Like, those are the two situations where you can be like, oh, it's midnight, happy birthday, oh, it's midnight, happy New Year, kiss, or affection, 
but no he's like oh hey it's it's midnight it's uh it's officially valentine's day even when like just not like what six hours earlier maybe eight hours earlier he was like if you have to tell somebody that you love them on valentine's day not any other day what are you doing or whatever he says so it's like okay brandon all right you're projecting and sure okay but then jeff comes over does the exact same thing but then full-on mouth kisses right in front of brandon's salad and i could not i was like this sucks for brandon (laughs) and that was the thing like watching them brandon kiss her on the cheek so lovingly and then jeff come over and just like kiss her on the mouth like full-on right in front Mm -hmm. of brandon literally inches from this man's face it was like yep this feels like a little too like sexual between the three of you like it feels like we're not all in our own relationships right or it also feels like nana nana like from yeah. curly jeff you know it, so yeah it was not working for me <laughs> i was just i lost my mind and they were like oh my god it's midnight happy valentine's day like i know i know exact exactly six months from now almost exactly I want us all to stay up until midnight on Valentine's Day and just (laughs) tell our husbands, it's midnight. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? All three of them would be like, what? John would be like, I'm sleeping. Or he'd be like, I don't think that's a holiday here. Yeah. Yeah, Nate would would be snoring, so I'd be saying it to nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But if on the, like, happenstance that he was awake – He'd be like, first of all, he wouldn't hear me. He'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to repeat myself. (laughs) And then he would be like, why are you saying that to me? (laughs) And I wouldn't have an answer. I wouldn't know what to say. Yeah, you'd really have to just like admit what you were doing. Be like, well, Brandon Walsh said it to Kelly Taylor on 90210. And then I think he'd be like, okay. God, but all this happening, like the midnight and the Jeff kissing in front of him, like, I guess inspires Brandon to think, hey, maybe I have a shot. So he (laughs) goes to the clinic the next day to just bring Kelly some of her stuff. I thought it was a present for Valentine's Day, but it was a blue bag. So not Valentine's colors. And it's just like some CDs and scrunchies and something else. And he starts picking at one of the flowers, which were not brought to Kelly from Jeff, mm-hmm. from a loving patient. He starts picking out a flower and like it was actually kind of super cute and awkward at the same time of the like, you know, she loves me, she loves me not. All that stuff outside of the fact that he just like dropped the petals on the floor. <laughs> but this was the kind of scene that I was like, okay, this is written like a book or like a I don't know like a fanfic or something like that where it's like all right the couple has broken up but they've not stopped loving each other so we're going to start putting them together and have them be cute and awkward together to build the path for getting back together Mm -hmm. it's a slow burn so we think and (laughs) sped up really fast right and at this point in the episode I was like okay this is exactly how it should be like it probably mm-hmm. should be this awkward it probably should be this ten like filled with tension you know mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it until the end of the episode well yeah because that was the thing like he's very clearly trying to take extra time 
to pull the pedals in front of her. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't want to just start ripping pedals all willy nilly, but he wants to be there when he hits the end of it, which as soon as he put it down and was like, she loves me. I was like, bro, that could have been anything that could have been. She loves me not. And you still would have said she loves me. Yes, exactly. But, but when he started saying what he was saying where he was like, Oh, you know, I said, I saw this light. Well, I'm actually not sure I saw the light. And it's like playing a game with myself and how do I do this? And it sounded very similar to I think the start of last season when they were like, we're in the same book, but we're not on the same mm. page. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we're starting the slow burn. It's going to be awkward here and then it's going to get better as it goes on. Like she still has to let Jeff down. He still has to like not obsessively call her 17 times. Right. But – right. Yeah, he, like, puts the flower down and she very clearly, like, clocks it and registers it and, like, knows what he's saying. He's trying to be vague about it, but they speak the same language. Exactly. And, and again, I liked it at this point in the episode. Yeah, because – so it actually – we skip ahead to that night where Brandon is supposed to be at the pee pad meeting his date – which is also where Steve is going to meet his date. And Steve finds out from Nat that he actually has two dates because for some reason Nat is in this episode to say, I know someone that needs a date, so I hooked you up. Oh, my God. It just When you said that, it just hit me that, yeah, he was literally credited in this episode to be able to say, hey, I got you a date too. Like, and that what? he never he asks. Is, he is literally as purposeful as Janet in this episode. What are we doing? <laughs> Just the idea that he was like, oh, yeah, I told this woman to meet you here. You have no idea who she is. It's a full-on blind date. Like, what if Steve didn't go to the pee pad tonight? Which, ridiculous hypothetical question. They don't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there is the opportunity that Nat could have just, like, totally messed this up. Right. Which – he kind of does because now Steve has two dates and also Steve has three dates because Brandon totally bails on even going for the longest time so he can just leave unhinged voicemails. Which you would – yes, and and we'll get to the voicemails. But you would think like Brandon being a good friend would call Steve and let him know or I imagine in what? This was 1998. Eight, I believe. So – they should have pagers, so Brandon should page Steve and say, hey, not going to make it or something like that. And But no, he just like doesn't let anybody know what's going on. So poor Stephanie is there, Janet's friend, and like not with anybody. Like I would have left. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I know she's like kind of like flirting with Steve and stuff, but like – and I don't know her, her situation, so – like, I think – is she the one that's on the rebound? No, that's Donna's friend. No. Yeah, that's Donna's yeah. friend who is, like, telling him later at the table about his her boyfriend when that's he ditches right. her to go dance with Stephanie and then third woman shows up. But I would just leave. If it were yeah. me, I would just leave. If my date was standing me up, I would leave. So this is where I can throw in my fun fact. The actress who played Stephanie was Ian Ziering's wife. In real life? Are they still real together? Life, no, they are not. Aww. Yeah, but that was, at the time, I believe that was Ian Ziering's wife. 
well, that is adorable. Right? Like that, when I learned that, I was like, okay, it's a little cuter that she's like, I'd actually like to stay here with you. Because she was giving him like flirty eyes nonstop. So like. Yep. Cuter that they're together in real life. Right. And yeah, exactly. Like they, like, it was almost harder for her to hide her affection for her own husband, (laughs) which is adorable. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Oh my gosh. And then like, I can't say I can't say if it were like me in that situation. I can't say that I would also like not do a good job of hiding yeah. my affection. Like if I'm having to act alongside my husband, like you got to be real good at turning that turning that off. <laughs> well, and it's especially you know the notes are like you think he's cute and you're just like I am right. perfectly method for this. Exactly. Like, you guys don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you hired the right girl. Don't worry about it. Um, but then it gets really gross again for Steve because he's – not gross, I guess, but he's attempting to juggle these women and then decides to distract them with David Silver, the guy who was on the cover of the Beverly Beat, whose song has been on the radio for one day. Mm-hmm. And it works. And again, like, what? It's it's like another hijinksy episode mixed in with a really traumatic storyline. It's like Donna with the dog all over again, but this time with Steve. And I just, like, I... This is where 90210 loses me because I'm like, what are you trying to be? Are you trying to be a slapstick comedy or a serious drama? And like, because you can't be both. You can have humor. You can have humor in a drama, but not slapstick. And there has to be like a believability to it. Yes. yeah, yes. Steve messing up with all of these women, totally believable. David one day being famous for music because that's the direction they're sending him, totally believable. David 12 hours after his song has been on the radio once? No, they're not going to write. Also, the radio, there's no faces. Right, exactly, exactly. And like so, the circulation of the Beverly Beat is not that big for no. all these people to have seen it. No. And then when all of these women run after David, a fourth woman comes up to Steve and is like, oh, just kiss me and then walk me to the door. And he is enchanted by this woman that walked up to him and was like, oh, kiss me. Because Steve doesn't want to have to work for it. But, right. Exactly. But she doesn't actually want to talk to him. She just needs an out from a really bad date. So mm-hmm. she leaves. He doesn't get her name. And we just have to watch Brandon calling Kelly again and again and again. Which that I loved because it was so ridiculous that I think that's the part that, okay, that's the difference that Brandon unhinged calling and leaving messages on Kelly's machine of various like moods and um, intentions and like what he actually says. That is the believable part Mm -hmm. of a comedy right because we can giggle at that we can be like Brandon what are you doing but then also kind of like (laughs) laugh at what he's doing I mean even when he's in it's finally in his jammies like he's gone from like being all dressed up to almost leaving to getting in his jammies and fully accepting that he is not leaving right like that is that is funny that is humor in a drama and 
that's the part that we can believe. But Steve getting up to four different women vying for his affection and having to like, you know, mask it by saying, oh, women, you are distracted by me. Get distracted by another guy. It's David Mm -hmm. Silver of Jasper's Law. Like what? Like that is not believable and nor is it funny. And of the three, I think Stephanie might be the only one that gets named. Like, we didn't even bother naming these characters. Yes, I think you're right. I think the other ones are, like, model and... Yeah. And Janet's friend. No, Janet's friend was Stephanie. Yeah. Sorry. Model and... Cop or something? Cop does get a name later. Oh. On, I'm looking. Maybe oh, Nat, yeah, Nat's date, Nat's person. Yeah, but, literally Steve's yeah, blind so. date number one, Steve's blind date number two, Stephanie and yeah. Officer Tammy. We oh, we also yeah. have woman doctor. We're really going all out here. <laughs> Jeez, Bechdel <sighs> test. <laughs> yeah, way to go, guys. Like we just didn't need to have it. We could have had the one date go really no. badly or like whatever, and then this woman. Yeah. Would- we probably didn't even need a date. Steve could have gone there by himself and seen this woman. Or what may have been funnier is if Janet's friend, Donna's model, Nat's blind date were the same person. And Steve mm. was expecting three, right? Like, yeah, like do something subversive other than just giving us woman two and woman three. Exactly. You could have all made them the same and then still have Officer Tammy happen because that's fine but just have like all three of those scenarios be one and then the enchanted kiss the ensorceling of steve sanders (laughs) steve sanders is never not ensorceled it's just a question of who or how many that's true that's a good point yeah and speaking of ensorceled jeff has gotten kelly back to this hotel room and they are you know stumbling into the bedroom of this suite. Everyone always mm-hmm. gets a suite. He works mm-hmm. at a non-for-profit as an intern. Yeah, right. Right. Bro cannot afford a suite. But they have this big hotel room, but the problem is there's daisies on the table. And Kelly knocks over a vase of daisies, which reminds her of Brandon, and then she can't do it. And Jeff knows. He's like, oh, it's because it's Brandon, and you know he'll cheat on you again. And she just ends up saying, like, she's still in love with him, which fair. Like, like yeah. this, this is this is totally fine with me. I have no, like, hard feelings toward Jeff. No. Like or dislike him. He's just kind of bleh. Like, he was a stepping stone for me. So it's natural. And it's, like, honestly good that Kelly realizes this before they get too deep mm-hmm. and says, hey, I, like, you're great. Like, you have done nothing wrong. I am just literally in love with somebody else and do not want to do this to somebody else. That is admirable. Yeah, I really – I have no problem with it. And I appreciate Jeff saying, like, I'm going to shoot the one last shot if only to keep Mm. you from getting hurt again rather than, like, getting myself anything out of this. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) luckily earlier he had told her that he got a job offer in San Francisco – and and but is willing to stay for Kelly. So thankfully, they don't have to do this whole awkward at like see each other at work thing because he can just go take that job in San Francisco. How convenient. <laughs> and like, OK, this is the second time that 90210 has put a woman in a 
position where she is like alone with a man and then he's just like, oh, I really love you, but I'm leaving forever, but I'll only stay if you tell me to. Because oh we God. remember Cliff got the job at the amusement oh. park in Orlando, the one with the <laughs> mouse or whatever. <laughs> well, and Joe got the job to be the head football coach back in Pennsylvania or wherever. Yeah. And just the amount of these people getting cross country jobs and just being like, I'll, I'll turn it down if you tell me to. Like, we are 20. <laughs> exactly. God. Oh my gosh. But we do go to the next day and Brandon and Steve are driving around just like catching each other up on their night. Steve is like, how many messages did you leave? And Brandon's like, how many dates did you ruin? Mm -hmm. But <laughs> like this is I think probably the only time that I actually took notes in this episode. Although I do want to shout out most of all of Steve's and Brandon's banter. Like when they yeah. were at the Beverly Beat earlier and Janet was like, and if you guys were in relationships and Brandon was like, oh, we'd totally be so happy right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Brandon says, Cupid, that chubby, cherubic chump. And Steve laughs at that like Steve has any idea what he said. <laughs> right? He's like, you meant that to be funny, so I'm going to laugh, but I don't know. <laughs> Like when he wrote, when he said cherubic, I only knew what it was because of the subtitles. Yeah. And because of the, yeah, yeah. Because then you could see how it's spelled and you're like, oh, cherub, like a cherub. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard cherubic. No. Cherubic cube? No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get pulled over and Steve is like, did you remember to tack the loser sign to the back of the car? And Brandon says, I take it with us wherever we go. Oh, yeah, that was funny. That was like, I didn't write it down, but it was one of those that I was like, okay, that's 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 a that's good one. one. Yeah. But yeah, it turns out that the cop is the woman from last night and Steve gets left let off with a warning and her phone number. Yes. And we probably and will never see her again. Probably. Yeah. I can't imagine we'll see her again. We won't see Jeff again. Like, we're losing a lot of people this episode. Yeah, except for the main group, which is all that needed to attend David's housewarming party. <laughs> yeah, because then they start talking about how their luck is turned around. And the last thing we see with this story is Kelly shows up at Casa Walsh and admits that she listened to everything. She heard oh, yeah. every single tape. And Brandon is so embarrassed. And she's like, the only part that was bad was when you said goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then they get back together. And like, so fast. It, yeah, that was for me. Like, we have stated several times now that we don't actually care that they get back together. Like, mm -hmm. that's fine with us. I mean, we hate infidelity, but in the world of television, we know this to be a thing and that people in these television worlds do get over it from time to time unlike us which is fine that is the definition of like this is how this world is defined so we will just deal however this does not feel earned and it no. doesn't feel authentic because like if the entire conclusion of like <clears throat> brandon cheating on kelly all gets wiped away because kelly says I believe nothing would ever happen again because I love you. Then why was that not the argument in the first place? Now, 
obviously, when it first happened, like, Kelly was shocked. Kelly was upset. Kelly was very – it's a big blow, right? hmm But if that was always the conclusion that she was going to get to, I don't understand why they broke up in the first place, stayed together, and just, like, it was awkward for a little while. Because I think it took, like, three, four, maybe five episodes total – for them I'm, to like get back together, they could have literally just have been on a break or together, but like awkward. Yeah, I'm literally looking it up right now. I believe that they break up in illegal tender, which is when they start like trying to get Kelly to be the uh, dear Abby of the paper, and then oh, she hears uh-huh. the messages. So that was episode 16, and they're back together by episode 20. So ironically, my first guess of four episodes was right. But I agree. Like, it's not earned. Like, they should have just gone on a break. They shouldn't have introduced Jeff. There was no point to it. Like, Brandon has been pushy this entire time. It doesn't feel like they broke up. Right. So this reminds me, and it just hit me. I was trying to remember because I remembered a specific line from another show. Um, and I couldn't remember where it was from, but now it just hit me. It's Gilmore Girls, obviously. And obviously. it reminds me of the storyline in season six when Logan and Rory are together. It's Logan's sister's wedding. And so Rory's hanging out with the bridesmaids. And when they had gotten in that fight, Rory thought that they were just taking time apart. Logan thought they broke up. So mm-hmm. he went and slept with, like, three of the four bridesmaids or whatever it is. And so Logan ends up convincing Rory that, like, he truly thought he was on – that they had broken up. That he didn't cheat on her because he truly thought that they were broken up. So they get back together. But things are really weird between them. Things are really awkward. Things aren't better. And so finally, like, Logan realizes it and he's like, you haven't forgiven me from, you know, from – you haven't forgiven me for what happened with those women while we were apart. And that is almost what I wish would have happened here where it's like, they're still together, but Kelly has not forgiven Brandon. Kelly has not like Brandon just thinks that everything's okay because they stayed together. And and he convinced her that, you know, whatever it is like that, he Mm -hmm. really does love her and that meant nothing and blah, blah, blah. Because I think that would have actually made for better drama. But otherwise, like you said, like instead we get Jeff, who doesn't matter. We get the unhinged phone calls, which is great, but like unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And we get Brandon going full Brandon, which we didn't need. Yeah, I think I would have really liked if they stayed together, but maybe Kelly moved out anyway. And she was like, I don't want to say that we're broken up, but like I can't share a bed with you right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then maybe, yeah, like, they have to go on some dates and Brandon, you know, still gets to be upset, but not the way he was. Like, maybe we still get some of these phone calls, but, yeah, that the idea that they're back together, I think I might retcon it in my own head and just be like, they didn't break up. What is a Curly Jeff? I've never heard that name before. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like, we could have had, yeah, like you said, dates. This could have even happened on Valentine's Day where Brandon's trying to take her to a nice dinner or, you know, whatever their date is for Valentine's Day. But Kelly's not into it. And so they finally have a confrontation about 
why things are weird between them. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that Kelly hasn't forgiven him yet. And I actually think that may have been better because they probably would have had the place and the context to, like, actually hash this out mm-hmm. and talk through things as opposed to just, like, stay away from me. No, I'm not going to stay away. I haven't forgiven you. You need to forgive me. Like, all this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Completely agree. And also, where the heck is the uh, follow-up to the cliffhanger last week of Kelly writing to her dad? He's going to show up in a few seasons and just be like, surprise, we've been writing to each other in the background this whole time. (laughs) Right? Like, why didn't we get anything about that? Anyway. Yeah. Well, okay. That was so that it could show her forgiving people who have wronged her. So that she has time mm-hmm. to forgive Brandon, but I just hate it. That's a good point. Like, That's a good point. At least they're using men for no reason in that storyline and not these poor Steve's blind date number one and Steve's blind date number two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. As much as I don't want to talk about the next storyline, I do think we should get to it. Yeah. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights, like coming to visit me in Amsterdam. And really, everything you just mentioned benefits me. I genuinely feel better after using Liquid IV. I'm refreshed, I'm hydrated, and I feel like I can conquer the day just like Brandon Walsh. Or Volleyball Steve. (laughs) I especially love the new flavor, Seaberry, especially during the summer so I can pretend like I'm on a tropical island. Or I'll go with an iconic classic, like the Beverly Beach Club, with a lemon-lime flavor while I'm waiting for the grunions to run. Also, it's pretty neat that Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code 90210. That's 90210. At checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code 90210 at liquidiv.com. Mary, what else happened this week? David's song becomes a radio single and causes tension in the Val David Donna Noah quadrangle. That was really hard to read. Sorry. (laughs) David and Donna decide sneaking around to be friends with each other is a better idea than not doing that for the sake of their current partners and their feelings. After an entire day... Of shopping for Noah's Valentine's gift, David and Donna are in a car accident, causing David to miss his Valentine's date with Valerie while Donna gets back pain. Earlier in the day, Noah's estranged half-brother Josh shows up so he can be around to witness the fallout of all of that and do shitty things like attempt infidelity on his fiancé in the absolute worst way by drugging Val's wine. Meanwhile, Noah drinks his entire bar and sleeps with a roofied Val in the pee pad office while Josh is distracted from his crimes by a call from his fiance. The next morning, David takes Val to the doctor to figure out why she feels so shitty. Donna takes too many pain pills that Dr. Dad prescribed because she didn't want to go to the hospital after getting in an accident and hurting her back. And Josh is there to watch 
things happen due to his actions. The end. <laughs> okay. So up until about, we'll say, 2.05 a.m. February 15th, I think that Noah and Val are 100% in the right in this story. David and Donna are spending too much time together in very uncomfortable ways and lying to their significant others about it. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. Totally. They're, they're like, invalidating Noah and Val's feelings about their closeness and about their relationship. And Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think in the first scene – David handles it a little better, but I think as we go on, we can see that both of them are really screwing up because Mm. this very first scene, you know, Val has stayed over with David. They hear his song on the radio, and as soon as that happens, we kind of cut over to uh, Noah's boat where David – or Donna and Noah are about to, like, fully bang. They are making out in bed. And then his alarm goes off and plays the song. And Donna stops, like, initiating sex with her boyfriend to call her ex-boyfriend. Like, girl. And Noah's the one that hands her the phone because he knows that's what she's going to want to do. But at the same time, it gives her the out to be like, wait, that is unhinged. I shouldn't call my ex because the song he wrote about me, lied to his girlfriend about, and then got signed to a record deal over is playing on the radio while we're half naked. Like, turn the radio off. Right. And also we kissed last night. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that had just happened. It happened uh, BC before Cactus. Yeah. (laughs) And then she calls David, and when uh, Val picks up and she hangs up the phone, Val immediately knows who it was and is just like, here, it's Donna. And again, like, thankfully, David is just like, hey, thanks for calling. This is really weird and not a good time. Yeah. First of all, God, I love Val. Just star 69s (laughs) there immediately and is like, here, like, God. She's so great. I don't have enough variety in my vocabulary to accurately talk about how much I love Val. Like, she's the best character in the show. We used to think it was Brenda, and it probably would have been had she stayed on the show. Mm -hmm. But it is Valerie freaking Malone. Like, oh, my God, she's amazing. Anyway, but, yeah, so first of all, there's that. And then, yeah, like, when you just pointed out the, like – chronological order of events so plainly and then says like when you said stops initiating sex with her boyfriend to hear the song her ex-boyfriend wrote about her on the radio then calls ex-boyfriend that is so bad and like if it were any other person except for Donna we would all be like what the fuck are you doing but because it's Donna we're like this is probably bad but you're so sweet and cute and adorable that it's like okay I guess I know Noah just like gets up to go take a shower and is like let me know when you're done like he's clearly pissed but like truly in this moment I'd be like I need you to get off my boat you can make that call from your car yeah or later like literally later like babe I'm naked yeah, like literally 
would have seen each other later at the pee pad and she could have been like, hey, I heard your song on the radio this morning. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, like I get the initial excitement of like maybe he hasn't heard it, but again, no, turn the radio off, call him later and be like, hey, I heard you on the radio station. Like you said, yes. there's you're going to see each other. They already had plans, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because they were both going to be at the uh, housewarming party later. Exactly. Oh, my God. <sighs> and and instead, because, like, Donna interrupted everything and, and kind of messed everything up, when they are at the housewarming party, it, it causes all this, like, tension and anxiety for everybody. And, I'll, and mm-hmm. I know I'm skipping ahead, but we'll come back to the, like, Noah's brother thing. But at the housewarming party, Donna has to instead apologize for not only, like, I mean, all she apologizes for is the fact that she hung up on Val. But Val instead is like, um, I don't actually care that you hung up on me. It's, like, the fact that you called in the first place. Which, yeah, yeah true. 100%. It's like, no, girl, I was in bed. Like, it is early enough in the morning that that's not okay. Yeah. You know, I, and I do want to talk about all this awkwardness and like, mostly, honestly, just to like start getting it out there and get past it because I was, when the, you know, intro first started and I saw the name Michael Truco in the guest stars, I was like, I recognize that name. I know I'm going to see him when he comes on screen and I'm going to know exactly who he is. And then that day is when he shows up at the pee pad looking for Noah and- So I assume you know him because he was on One Tree Hill. Yes, he is hot <laughs> Uncle Cooper. <laughs> and he, I know like, him. I know he looks so baby here and like a little awkward looking, but my God, when he is Uncle Cooper, whew, he is a man. He is yeah. so attractive. So I don't know how close together they were filmed. Um mm-hmm. But while he around the same time that they aired, while he was on One Tree Hill, he was also on Battlestar Galactica as that's right the uh, Anders who he and Starbuck start hanging out because John oh, is God. on that season right now rewatching Battlestar Galactica. So I was just like, oh my God, it's Anders, and he looks so much better like six yes. years from now. Yeah, right. Like it's it's like a short amount of time like that, but. Oof, just give him a little bit of scruff and a better haircut. And because mm-hmm. you even see, like, and we're skipping way ahead, but the final scene of the episode when we see him, you can see his like muscles and stuff. And I'm like, yes, Truco, yes. <laughs> yeah. But no, he, and also, fun story the actors, Michael Truco, and then uh, the actor who plays Noah Hunter, Michael Truco is supposed to be five years older. Josh is supposed to be older than Noah, mm. but the guy who plays Noah is five years older than Josh. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I feel like you can tell. He hasn't, like, grown into that face yet. Exactly. Well, that and the only thing I think that helps it is that Truco is so much taller Mm -hmm. than the actor who plays Noah. It really sells it. And I'm like, yeah, like, if if he were shorter, if it were flip-flopped, I would not believe that Truco was five years older. Yeah, which... Yeah, because he's not, and it's not believable in their faces. Yeah, exactly. But it turns out that 
Noah is like, oh, yeah, I had an older brother and he was really great. But as far as I'm concerned, my brother is dead. Oof. Yeah. And then like that, Val is also at the pee pad and that kind of strikes a chord with her. So when she goes to talk to him at the party and he's just like, I don't have enough time to tell you about the dysfunction in my family. And so Val just like trots out her own life story in literally two sentences. She literally says, I needed two sentences to tell you how fucked up my life is. You can go ahead now. Right. And I was like, whoa, okay, I guess Val is like, after the whole, um, what was his name? Tom, mm -hmm. you know, stuff. I guess Val has become more comfortable speaking on it because like she used to like, I mean, God, she was like, she didn't tell anybody. Box. Yeah. And she just like, floop just lets it all pour out like word vomit yeah and yeah so we get the quick story that josh is actually noah's half brother they have different mothers same dad because their dad had an affair with noah's mom and then she became wife number two and it basically turns out that like josh just ignored him from day one probably blamed him for breaking apart the marriage contested his trust fund kicking in because he's not a real hunter like actual legitimate scumbag things like yeah when you're a kid this shouldn't have been tolerated anyway like the family should have dealt with this as a child right. but like to come back as an adult and contest his trust fund like that says you have problems right and it's again infidelity let me point that out again mm -hmm. again just in every single family there's infidelity in tv um but yeah it's like I was completely blinded by the fact that this was Michael Trucco because I should have realized in this moment and even the way that Noah was talking about him when we first meet him that he was going to be a scumbag and he was going to be terrible. But mm. I was so blinded by Trucco that I was like, maybe he's learned his lesson. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> well, and to be fair, like, the next time – so, you know, Val pulls – a whole, like, I regretted after my dad was dead. There was a small part of me that, like, wished I didn't want him dead. And yeah. all this of, like, you may never get the chance to reconcile with your family. And I want to be very clear that sometimes that's okay to not reconcile with your family. Like Totally. Absolutely. Just because you shared genetics does not mean anything. But Well, and also, like, to that point, real quick, it's like, just because Val feels ickiness about the situation doesn't mean that she also has to feel guilt. Mm -hmm. Like, those are two completely different emotions, right? You're allowed to feel icky about things, shitty things that happened. And mm -hmm. you're allowed to not necessarily have regret about it, but more like, that was a bad way for things to end and I wish it hadn't happened that way. But you mm -hmm. also do not have to carry around guilt for the way it happened because stuff out of her control never should have happened in the first place and was not her fault so yes i just yes we're therapying for a second <laughs> <laughs> well because everybody needs it because the next day valentine's day josh shows up at the pee pad and is like i have to get back tonight because it turns out he's like basically in a business arranged marriage to hook up two heirs to the throne to create corporate mergers which is like I don't think how things work in real life. I just have to say, like, this is not real. But this story that is technically true 
makes Noah think like, oh, I've been a jerk because you're as trapped as I felt I was. And Josh even says like, I was mean to you because I wished I was you. Right. Which is like, um, okay. Yeah. And then like Josh just misses his flight and just stays. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, David and Donna are seen shopping. Like, first of all, I kind of love David's little rain jacket and how he like only zipped it up to like where the zipper attaches itself to each other. Yes. I don't know why, but I was just like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it was I mean, because it was pouring at the Beyonce concert last night, and so I got absolutely <laughs> drenched walking from the Marta station to Mercedes-Benz and wish I had a rain jacket, but I was into it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, David and Donna are, like, shopping together, and because, like, under the pretense that David need, or Donna needs David's help to buy a Valentine's gift for Noah, when in reality she was always going to buy him the stereo and just needed David's support i don't know yeah it was one of those things where i guess because he knows music he can help her pick out the right one but like this is also this is a massive gift and it's really inappropriate in my mind but yeah. that's especially because literally right after that val walks by with a dress and david pushes donna behind a pole right like they both agree that they should like lay low and hide things but literally like okay and to that point when you're like that's a totally inappropriate gift and why is donna buying that for noah literally two seconds later or i guess like hours later because apparently david and donna have been together all day long because when they're driving home it's nighttime but mm -hmm. david's like why was val shopping like that's a crime david you're literally shopping while she's shopping yeah well and donna's like she was probably buying a dress for tonight and david's like i'm taking her to the circus she doesn't need to wear a dress like, what was that writing? I don't know. And he also makes the comment that they have to hide their friendship because Val is insecure. And I'm like, no, you need to acknowledge that you're being inappropriate. If everyone yes. around you sees the same thing, you're the one in the wrong. Or you at least totally. need to think about it. Like, I can't say equivocally that, about that. But they, like, try and have a conversation of, like, our friendship is hurting the people we love and maybe we should lay low but then out of nowhere, they get cut off and Donna gets hit from behind. And I, I got to say, I do love when David is like, are you okay? And she's just like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Like, she's definitely hiding how bad she's in pain, but it makes me feel better that Donna is at least admitting she's in pain. Yeah, she's not trying to hide it and that sort of thing. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it was like it was so random and like we go to a commercial and like immediately comes back to the scene of the accident and there's like an ambulance they're having to tow both of the vehicles it's like a whole scene yeah like the emt is like we should go to the hospital yeah which like to be fair when you are in a car accident if you are going to like you know try to get coverage or whatever like yeah you probably should go to the doctor so that they can have paperwork so that if your insurance needs it or a lawyer needs it like you've got it but she's like I was a little put off by this scene because like I don't know if you guys clocked this but like Donna never actually makes eye contact with the paramedic yes. and I, I was that. like are we supposed to feel uneasy about the way that this paramedic is doctoring Donna I, yeah I didn't know if she was trying to like not look at him so that she wouldn't start crying 
or maybe there was something related to it, but it doesn't really make sense to me that Donna is in pain and doesn't want anybody to see it. I don't know. Like, yeah, we've seen Donna get hurt before and accept help. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like you said, like she was trying to hide it or like, I, yeah, it just, yeah. it was very weird. The no eye contact with anybody in the scene was very weird for me. My first instinct on that was like guilt because like she doesn't want to go to the doctor. She doesn't want to have like – she doesn't want this to have happened at all. And mm-hmm. I think she feels like if she goes to the doctor, it's just going to be more trouble later. She just wants to get yeah. – like get it over with like because mm-hmm. she fucked up really bad. That's like the only thing I can think. But yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, no, no that, I mean point. that kind of – that kind of does make sense because then we see David say that like he basically called Val and lied to her about what happened. He just said yeah. it's a long story and then essentially stood her up because the circus started 20 minutes ago. Like mm-hmm. I could see Donna being like, this is really fucked up. I've made a bad decision being in this car at this time and now he's bailing on his date and I'm in pain and I'm not with my boyfriend. Like yeah. I could see that if she's just like horribly embarrassed. Sure. It just felt disconnected, I guess. Like, not I clear, agree. you know? I definitely agree. And then when they go to the pee pad and they're standing on one side and then Val and Noah come over and confront them, like, wild that Donna and David think they have a leg to stand on. Yeah. And, like, I understand Donna saying, like, you know, or like they said they were in an accident and then at the end of it Donna being like oh my back's fine thanks for asking but like I can understand I can understand having that reaction but at the same time this sounds like a lie and mm-hmm. this sounds fake so you're trying you're convinced you're in the right or at least like everything's fine because you got in a wreck like everything is excusable because you're in pain meanwhile Noah and Val are very hurt by not just this action but the continued dynamic between the two of them so Mm -hmm. of course they're not going to believe them like Val literally is like that sounds fake like I don't believe you well and like it's like they're supposed to be pointing out that as soon as it happened David asked if she's okay and now Noah isn't and now Noah's drunk and mad at her. Right. But like I I can't say this for certainty, but I feel like if something like this happened and I walked in to a room with John and I had just stood up all of her plans and I came in with an ex and then I was like, oh, well, I wasn't here because I was in a car accident. Like I do think that John would probably prioritize talking about why I spent the whole day with my ex because I walked in. He's like, well, I yes. can like – physically see that you're okay so I'm gonna deal with this first and then ask you about the accident right I mean and and the thing is too is like the the order in which the questions are asked is not the point right like like Donna jumps to the conclusion that because Noah doesn't believe them Noah is not going to ask and so she's like quickly trying to turn it back so that she can be mad at him when in reality no two things can be true noah cannot believe them but still be concerned for her safety but donna doesn't even give him the chance to like 
do that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, she gets hung up on the order of the questioning rather than the fact that, like, no, you were literally spending all day with your ex. And an ex that Noah is already sensitive to. Yeah, and that his girlfriend is also sensitive to. And, like, exactly, you just kissed. And this night just devolves so horribly after this. So horribly. Because... Noah keeps getting drunk. Like, he's just drinking and drinking and drinking, just stepping behind the counter, stepping behind the bar, grabbing a drink, and leaving again. And he comes over to see Donna, completely hammered. By the way, love drunk Noah. That was a very good acting moment for me. Mm -hmm. It was. And, you know, she kind of, like, casually throws out that her dad called in a prescription for her and she has to go get it because he tries to give her a glass of wine. And I love that he admits, he's like, uh, Grandma True Love really messed with my head. You can't say that this didn't mess with yours at all. Mm-hmm. And she says and no, which, and then he's like, okay, 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 let me try again. I'm going to ask you a question, the same question. You got to tell me the truth this time. And I <laughs> love that. That was the point where I was like, drunk Noah is perfect. He's like, I'm going to ask you this again. And this time, <laughs> don't lie to me. Did it mess with your head? Like... That is why this show baffles me because we get writing like <laughs> that and then we get Steve saying, I actually have to talk to a woman. Like literally, what? how is this the same room? <laughs> Chronologically, literally the next scene is when the three women are surrounding Steve mm-hmm. and he distracts them with David. Like literally chronologically, the next scene makes no sense. Right. It's like. Yeah, they have, like, 50 different writers, and each one is only assigned to one person. Like, Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I'm I'm going to, like, really kind of rush through this back half of it because I don't think we need to get too detailed. Um, sure. So, you know, Noah is dealing with Donna, and then Val is hanging out with Josh, and they pour themselves one glass of wine each. Like, you can see that the bottle of wine is still very much full later on, but – at one point, Josh knocks over her purse, and when Val dogs down to get her purse, he puts something in her drink. And while drinking to the word trust. I know. And he just bides his time. Like the bottle is still very much full later on. He's not drinking. And thankfully, drunk Noah just keeps walking around being like, It's 2 a.m. Do you know where your boyfriend is? It's 201. Yeah. Do you know where my girlfriend is? Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought I would say thank God for Noah, but, like. Thank God for drunk un- Noah. Like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like, unbeknownst to anyone here, Noah is going to end up being a villain when, in reality, he was, like, sort of an, an like, a. I'm not he's ready like, to call him a hero, but he's, like, a good roadblock. He is significantly less of a villain than the villain could have been. Yes. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah, because for some reason, Josh's fiance calls him at that point, which I have to assume, like, it's like eight or nine hours ahead in Paris, but I have to assume she knows it's 2 a.m. where he is and is like, oh, I'm just going to call him in the middle of the night. Right. it's enough of a distraction that Noah decides to take Val upstairs and they're both going to crash in the office, except he's very drunk and lays down practically on top of her and she's too out of it to be able to say no. And right. 
we uh, cut to a commercial break and jump to the next morning where Noah is an asshole and he's like, this was a mistake. It's never happening again. Get dressed. Get out of here. And don't you dare ever say anything about it. Meanwhile, Val looks like she has the flu. I just have to say, because I know we're trying to speed through it because it's awful. Tiffany freaking Thiessen. So good. She was incredible. I've never seen her committed like this. And... Per, like perfect i have no notes on her acting like li- like truly perfect her line delivery the way that mm-hmm. she was shivering the way that they like did her makeup and then her like facial expressions around yes. that the way her hair was all a mess and she was just like hunched over like that like i felt so much for her and yeah it's the same thing where like david asks her if she's okay and immediately takes her to the doctor yeah, she says no. She says she's never felt like this before. She has she feels awful. And literally like as I was typing the the actual events that were happening, I literally kept writing, she looks so messed up. She's so messed up. She's so hurt. And then mm-hmm. yeah, like we get a, a short little confrontation between David and Noah where obviously Noah is feeling hella guilty about what happened even though he's not 100,000% clear on what happened either because he was so drunk. But like yeah. He tells David that she is not feeling well. And magically, by the time David walks in, she's got her dress back on. So at this point, David doesn't know that they at least looked like they hooked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Noah has, like, shoved all of his clothes on and gotten out the door. And then. Yes. Yeah. And, like, this is where, yeah, Val is just, like, freezing. She's about to puke she is like so affected and Mm -hmm. god it was just such good acting by tiffany Thiessen. and like the next scene was just breaking my heart like i kept saying like my heart this hurts this like like we've seen the women in the show over deliver time and time again and that's Mm -hmm. not to say anything bad about the men because i actually think that they could be given more and would perform they're just given less. The, exactly. But the women in the show, Jenny and Tiffany specifically, just God do they deliver. Because when Val is at the doctor, she's wrapped up in this like cozy blanket. She tells the doctor what she thinks happened. And then the doctor has to go through the questions and t- tells her about the date rape drug and all this kind of stuff. Like when she says, I feel disgusting, my heart dropped it completely dropped out of my chest I felt so bad for her and then yeah she consents to having all of the tests done because the doctor's like it's it's just an evaluation but we'll take forensic samples so that should you decide to prosecute later you have them and to like have to process everything that's going through her head on top of laying there and being manhandled like Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot that she's gonna have to deal with and while this is all happening, over on the boat, Donna comes to apologize to Noah, and she admitted last night that she and David kissed. So she comes again to be like, it was a goodbye kiss. It's never going to happen again. And then Josh walks into the screen, and I wanted to just, like, 
crumple up a piece of paper and throw it at him. Like, mm-hmm. I was so mad that he just comes in off of a run and is just like, oh, I can I can go around the block a few more times if you need privacy. Like, no. Yeah. And I, yeah. And like, like we do get a short like moment where Donna awkwardly says she's gonna be right back and goes into the bathroom and like takes more pain pills, mm-hmm. which does not bode well because of the fact that the camera work kept focusing in on the exact number of pills, what the pills are. Yeah. Like it's oxy, like it's it doesn't yeah. look good. And this was like so I did a little bit of research on the opioid epidemic because John had come in at this point and like this is where he came in. So he thought this was the big story of the episode and was asking mm-hmm. me questions. And then the next scene started and I was like, you have to shut up. You don't even understand what's happening. But yeah. like it – so it looks like the first wave of the opioid epidemic started in 1983 and then essentially how we know it today – was right around this time as well. Like I think they fully wow. mark it at 1999 and then it just like takes off. I was looking at a CDC wow. graph. But so like this is very topical and unfortunate that like Donna is dealing with this mm-hmm. and then when she comes out of the bathroom, David like runs down the stairs about to murder Noah. Mm-hmm. Like – fully launches himself at Noah and is like, I'm going to kill you. Right. And like, and obviously we, we know what really happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the thing is, either way you put it, whether it's Josh's fault or Noah's fault, no matter which way you put it or spin it or talk about it, we still don't know that the sex that was had between Noah and Val was consensual. I mean, you have to assume it wasn't because she was robbed of her ability to give informed consent. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. Like Noah's intention right. barely changes his side of exactly. things. Exactly. It does not change what happened to Val. So like her coming right. in and accusing Noah of raping her, 100% true from her side. Absolutely. That's entirely my point is like we know that Noah did not drug her. But we do know that Noah had sex with her. So it actually doesn't really matter which one – like, you can't compare which one was wrong in this situation, Josh or Noah, because they both were, is the moral Mm -hmm. of the story here. Yeah, and he just fucking sits there. Josh just Mm -hmm. is there, and I'm so mad about it. Mm -hmm. I just – I cannot believe that this is – where this story went. This is not what I was expecting. This is not what I want. And I don't know right. how they're going to get through it. Like, like, and as this is happening, like, I kept thinking this episode was going to end. Like, when they mm. take her to the hospital, then the next scene you see Kelly at Casa Walsh saying that she and Brandon want to get back together. Then you go to the boat where you see Donna taking the pills. It just like it kept – it was like the the return of the king with the 13 endings. Like it just yeah. kept building in more endings. And I was like, I'm stressed. I need this to stop. It's almost like every single storyline ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah, which – I mean they've got enough of the season – 
to end it all out, but like I don't even know where you go from this. I don't know how you fit all of this in at the exact same time unless Donna is just going to be sitting in the background addicted to painkillers for like seven episodes. Right, exactly. It's like they've either got to tie up things that they would need to drag out or they need to drag out things that need to be tied up. It's like they they can't possibly drag every single thing out or tie every single thing up in a short amount of time. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all with this episode, like, (laughs) it was so stressful and it is like a very good – soap opera-y kind of episode, but I was so upset. Yeah. This whole well, time. and again, but- it's like that that stupid thing of trying to fit in a slapstick comedy storyline yep. with a very heavy, very dark, very dramatic storyline. I don't know. I understand wanting to soften a blow, but like but this isn't it's it. too far. I would much rather have like very dramatic episodes and then throw in a funny uh like what are they called um like the bubble episodes that like don't really have anything to do with the rest of the story but everyone's like locked in a you know hotel room for a day right like I would be fine with that of like let's put everything aside for this event that we have to go do and this is just Mm -hmm. a, a bottle episode yeah yeah so that being said do you have any quote of the week I wrote a few things down. Let me just double check because I think I did. No, okay. Okay, no, I just talked about them. Um, It's more that I have a moment rather than a quote. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, the only quote I would have guessed was when they were in the car, Brandon and Steve. Oh, which you admitted you didn't even write down earlier. No. So I know. <laughs> so what about you, Mary? Did you write down any quotes? I'm like looking through them and I think I only wrote down Brandon quotes this week. <laughs> he did have a lot to say. Yeah. He um did 75 things, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'll just tell you my favorite Brandons of the week <laughs> this week. Uh when we're talking about Valentine's Day towards the beginning, Brandon says, chocolates, pink hearts, guh. Guh. <laughs> and then Steve chimes in with bows, arrows, diapers. <laughs> diapers. <laughs> Fools, the both of them. Um, and then um, later at the housewarming party, uh, Brandon is talking to Kelly and says something vaguely that sounds vaguely threatening. He says that David deserves everything he gets, and so do you. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Jeff comes up and he's just like, Hey, Jeff, glad you can make it. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really fun. Um, and then Kelly and Brendan talking again. I think this is the flower scene. Mm. Yeah. Um, Because Kelly's like, you seem good. And he's like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's just yelling. He was so fucked up this episode. And I feel really bad for him. But yeah, yeah. the entire fucking flower discussion. Yeah. Okay, that's all. That's all I have. I gotta stop. (laughs) It was so like soap opera-y with Brandon this week. 
so much. Like I'm talking like a Days of Our Lives type soap opera, not like what this. That's show what I'm saying. This is like is. Jane the Virgin levels of like bringing yeah. a telenovela to the U.S. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, both of you tell me your moments of the week. Yeah, I mean, my moment was all of Val. It was Tiffany Thiessen. Like she is the moment. Like it's. I just feel like, despite the actual events. I, I mean, God, we've we've praised her portrayal of Val so much, but for the manipulative manipulative stuff, for mm-hmm. the scheming, the maloning, all of that, and this is like one of the first times. I mean, I think it there was a lot of good stuff around the Tom and her dad of it all, but mm-hmm. for me, this was almost her by herself. You know, like mm-hmm. she had the doctor in the room, she had David in the room, but like just focusing solely on her. And I was just blown away by the way that she was able to make me feel. Um, and so, yeah, she's just she's completely the moment. I love it. What about you, Mary? Um, Yeah, I really do think it has to be Brandon taking a flower apart at Kelly's workplace. Um, at the end of it, I wrote in all caps, this is the dumbest bit I've ever seen. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, truly, he made it work. The the dramatic pauses and the turnaround and like being in the exact place to put the daisy down before she noticed what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I kind of want to share my, like all of my notes from this because, um, happy Valentine's. Here's your stuff back. Oh my god, Brandon just takes a daisy from her bouquet and starts she loves me, she loves me nodding all over her desk and the floor while having the most awkward and pointless conversation after delivering her some scrunchies. Does she need them? Her hair is like two inches long. (laughs) It was nice seeing you last night. Well, I guess you have a lot of work to do. The light at the end of the tunnel. You feel like you're getting there, but you never do. It's hard. Play games with yourself. What if? What if I can make you understand? What if she loves me? The flower. (laughs) the flower I had feelings it was so dumb I loved it I love it that makes me so happy okay (sighs) knowing what we know now what is next week's episode called oh you guys are gonna hate it oh (laughs) no it is season 8 episode 21 the girl who cried wolf (gasps) no like i'm dead serious that's what it's called i can't that's it's bad worst name like and maybe it'll be like the elephant's father or whatever it was where it doesn't make any sense child is the pig is the man of the dad of the (laughs) (laughs) like truly that's that's terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. Well, luckily, we actually won't ca- talk about that next week. It'll be two weeks from now because next week we're covering a very special episode for Mary's birthday. And Mary, do what you has tell them she or do you selected? Leave Y'all are going to be yeah, so I'm surprised. Gonna... That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I like that. I like the, that call. I like it. Okay. All right, yeah. So we'll find out the surprise next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and 
not Twitter, not even X. You can follow us on Instagram at Back to Podcast. You can also send us over an email with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns, and I promise we'll get to them at Black Black Two Podcast at Back to Podcast <laughs> at Gmail dot com. That's B A C K T O Podcast at Gmail dot com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and be able to give you all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week from all of us at Back to Podcast, I've got to go get my current Valentine's Day episode of the Beverly Beat. I have to go buy a new dress to see the circus. And I hurt my back, by the way. Thanks for asking. Bye. Bye. See ya.